do design decisions involve value judgments? Andy Halliwell has gone and posted this question on LinkedIn as part of our redesigning D&T project and debates. I think this is a really tricky one to answer and our expert group felt that it was an important question that needed debating. Do design decisions involve value judgments? I think firstly, I'd be saying, what do you mean by a value judgment, a values judgment? And maybe in your response to Andy's question, you'll explore what you understand and what your views are of what value judgments are and then whether they actually impinge on or affect the design decisions that designers make and also that children make in D&T lessons. So do join the debate. We're always open to conversation and discussion on this. But for now, on to the next episode. This is the Talking D&T podcast, episode 20. Welcome to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas and opinions about D&T. Before Christmas, I shared on Twitter that I'd received some funding to do some further work with the findings and developments that had come out from my PhD. So I know I've mentioned many times before on the podcast that my PhD was basically asking what's the point of design and technology. And one of the things that came out of my work on the PhD was a list of different statements that people attributed to design and technology that they said was the point of DNT. And one of the ambitions I'd had with that list was to be able to reformulate it, repurpose it, rework it, re-something anyway, into a survey that researchers, teachers, curriculum developers could use to explore the values different groups of people attributed to design and technology. So if we think very practically about that, it might be an online survey with a list of, say, for example, 15 to 20 statements, all saying different things about what design and technology was for, what the point of it was. And people would be asked to put them in rank order. So you put at the top the one that's the most important down to the least important. And then by asking some other information about people um, around their age, their gender, um, other experiences they have to get some demographic information that we might be able to see if there are any patterns or trends. So say, for example, if people who had done design and technology like me, uh, pre-national curriculum, did they have a particular propensity to value design and technology like this compared to people who'd done it post-2013, they might have an idea to value it like this. Or another way I thought about using this survey was that you could do it longitudinally in a school And we could ask some year sevens as they progress through the school right up to year 11 to complete the survey and we could track them and sort of see if their values changed. And alongside that, we could ask their teachers to complete the survey and do some tracking alongside that to see if the teachers' values changed, whether um, the teachers and the pupils had similar values and so on and so forth. So kind of that was the, the big idea. But to get something like that happening takes time and it takes funding. And so I've got some funding to do that. And so I'm in the process of working with a research assistant and a co-investigator, that's the language we use in universities, um, to validate, that's more of the language we use in universities and research, a survey. 
And what that is involving is taking the original statements that I had, and I've written in a number of different places about some of these statements, taking those statements and trying to write them in such a way that people can understand them without having me next to them saying, well, actually, what I mean by that is this, you know, because people have to be able to read it independent of me or independent of any researcher who might be using it. So what we've done is um, last term, no, not last term, last month, I um, had three groups of people that I talked to via Skype, people who kindly stepped in and said, we'll give you some feedback on these statements, Alison. And so we've gone through all of those statements. I think there was 29 or so different statements that came out of my PhD to begin with. So 29 different reasons for what people said was the point of DNT. And I'd already reworked them once into more user-friendly, non-academic language. And so these three groups of people looked at the reworked set of statements and told me whether they thought they made sense, whether I'd missed anything in terms of the phrasing. And then I also asked them, is there anything missing? So we did that last term, um, no, last month, and... We've just sat down, myself, Sasha and Andrew, who's also working on the project with me, and looked at each of those statements and looked at the transcripts from the interviews I did with these three groups to say, so do we need to tweak them? Do we need to change them? Now, that was that was a really long process. So Sasha, the research assistant, has been brilliant. She's sat down and gone through the transcripts and kind of made us some rough notes to begin with. And then... Myself and Andrew joined her and we sat for about two hours going through all of these statements and everything that the three groups have said and the additional statements. And we've now got a list of 41 statements. So it's not getting any shorter. It's getting bigger. So we've got 41 different reasons that people have given me for the point of design and technology. So, I mean, for me, just having those conversations with people interested in design and technology is fascinating. Those people in those three groups. So I interviewed a whole load of people as part of my PhD and now talking to more people and getting more feedback is really, really interesting. So we're at the stage of trying to make sure that these statements make sense to as many people as possible. So we've just done this phase one, that's what I've called it. So we've now got these 41 statements. We're moving into phase two. So Sasha is working them up into an online survey and we're going to ask people for their responses about these statements. And hopefully from that, um, we're going to get a lot of response to that. We're looking for about 100 people to respond to that. And then we can take that feedback and do some statistical analysis on the responses and come up with a more definitive list of values. So it'll be less values. And I'll talk in another podcast about why it will be less. And then we're going to go out into schools and ask six schools if we can test out the survey on some year seven, eight and nine pupils. So if you're not listening to this from England, what I mean by year seven, eight and nine are children in lower secondary between the age of 11 and 14. Just to check out whether the instructions make sense and whether the statements make sense. So our hope is that by the end of this, we'll have a validated survey that is understandable by a wide range of people. And then from September, we are going to 
try that out some more in some schools and actually start to analyse the data and work with some schools to see if that data is helpful. And I'll be looking to get together an advisory group of people to give us some feedback on how they think we can use the survey in practice, so that's in schools, and also in terms of a political understanding that we might be able to use that data on a, on a bigger um, scale to look at demographics and values and see if there's any sort of match or correlation there. So that's where we're at. I'm finding it really exciting. For me, taking forward my PhD work that I did from 2011 till 2017, now taking that into something that is useful, hopefully, for other researchers and teachers and people involved in design and technology is great. So that's really exciting. So I'll be giving updates. Um about the survey and how that research is going if you want to keep informed about it specifically about that then I suggest you sign up for my monthly digest which I send out where I give some more information about that research project but also if you're interested in being involved so if you want to be one of the 100 for phase two telling me what you think and whether it makes sense then sign up on my website for that and I'm going to put links to all of this in the show notes If you're interested in being a school in phase three, uh, drop me an email or sign up via the website. Um, We think we've probably got four or five schools, but we're kind of, you know, we're always conscious that something might go wrong. Some schools might drop out for a variety of different reasons. But if if you've got some ideas about how we might use this um, in the longer term and whether a survey like this might be useful in helping to understand what people say the value of design and technology is. So it's kind of quite a retrospective thing, looking back to understand what people in the here and now are saying and why that might be. So that might then give us some ideas about how we can change people's perceptions and ideas about what they see to be the value of design and technology. So that's an update from me. I've also put a link on the show notes to a little bit of a clip from the conversations myself, Sasha and Andrew were having about just one of the ideas. And you can hear that it took us about 10 minutes to work out what the wording might be. We're still not quite convinced. We might kind of do a bit more work before it gets sent out for phase two. But there's a link to that in the show notes. So you can actually hear research happening um, in the moment. And I've not edited it. So you can hear all the pauses um, and hear all those different viewpoints as we try and explore. What do we mean by freedom to design without mistakes? Anyway, thanks for listening. If you've got any thoughts or comments, you can send me a message via my website, alisonhardy.work. Or you can find me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Allison. You've been listening to the Talking DT podcast with me, Alison Hardy. You can connect with me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Allison. Show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website, AlisonHardy.work. Thanks for listening. Thank you.